Ray, what did you think of the finale of House of the Dragon season one? Really good. Very compelling. Um, lots happened. Also... Bit of shock? I, I, yeah, a lot of shock because I just finished it. Um, it sort of ended. Yeah. Uh, and I think maybe there's a purposeful quality to that, that it just, his life just ended. That's it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and it was something where she thought she, I mean, isn't that, isn't that always how the worst things happen? It's like you misjudge how bad things are. Yeah, and it's, a, and it's a bit of a tragedy because, you know, when... He was a um, good kid. When the the boy dies, you know, um, Aemond looks like, you regretful. know, regretful. So I think his purpose was to, I know, either like take out an eye or to bully him or something. But um, I just found it also really poetic because these are kids who don't know how to wield such a great power like dragons, you know. Yeah. And at that point, it's just like if you have one dragon feeling threatened by another dragon. It's like the, the, dragon, the dragon will want to protect itself, you know? So um, as in like they're not, they're not ultimately, they don't understand the rules of men, you no. know, which are different, right? Like there's something extremely visceral and elemental about fire. The, mm. It's just like, you know, fire is not going to be like temperate and restrained no. and diplomatic and it's not going to display some of the traits that we sort of um, try and display as, as humans. Well, so. animals cut through mm -hmm. the BS that a lot of humans f like faff around with. They say, okay, you're threatening me, you're in my territory. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're bigger than me? Mm -hmm. Oh, and you're snapping at me. Okay, bite. <laughs> but here's the thing that happens a lot in the animal kingdom is a little creature will not understand its own scale It'll just respond again, animalistically, right. instinctively. instinctively. And it's it was over. The second Arax got right up in Vega's face, it's like yeah. there is no way mm -hmm. uh, Arax could have outflown yeah. Vega. But like, again, it's it. a pure cry for survival, right? Yeah. That's not necessarily uh, a gesture of aggression. Yeah. Like it knows that it's that it's so it's like a it's it's a really that sort of last hurrah. Yeah. Because um, Oh, you're right. Vega was had them. Yeah, yeah, Vega had them. And it, but but like you said, like Arax didn't know, but yeah. he just he just did whatever Snap. he thought he could to yeah. survive. Yeah. Um You'll see that in like David Attenborough mm. things with, you know, packs of seals and like a penguin snapping at this leopard seal yeah. that has absolutely got him already in his sights. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that two human beings were on their backs, like with completely different ideas of how they wanted things to go. Yeah. Uh, but, and basically they got up in their own, each other's grill for yeah. the last time. Yeah. And the animals were like, what are we doing here? You guys keep snapping and not wanting to fight. What's going on? And so they just said, let's cut through the bullshit. And uh, Vega, very tired old lady. Yeah, and it's interesting <laughs> because again, I don't think, Alicent wanted the child to die. No. Eamon did not want the child to die. But then it's also like, stop the pretending. Like, yeah. Just like, how do you think, like, how do you think a conflict like this is going to go? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when there's this much um, power play and uh, history of trauma, you know, like Eamon used to be that, that boy's, uh, I forget his name, Jace? No. Oh, I can't remember. I can't get yeah, the, the beautiful second child 
um, uh, that Eamon used to be his bully. Yeah. Right? So it's just like they have that shared history. Um, Eamon lost his eye. Like they've, they've all taken on the bullshit mm. of their parents and the, and the adults of this world. And, you know, I just, I, I kind of like the sort of recurring motif of children paying the price, you know, um, be it Eamon when he was a child or, or, or now this, this, this beautiful boy who, who dies and pays with his life. Oh, finales do absolutely agreed by the way finales do this thing of um you know the levy breaking on certain things set up during the season yeah and the things that the levy broke on this were it it was like damon mm. <laughs> getting his commander on you know yeah. where before viserys sent him to do little kind of skirmishes or you know but this is him in charge of like claiming the seven kingdoms back yeah. and he's singing to Vermithor and yeah. he's he's getting tell ready how strategic he was but also how again that sort of difference between say masculine uh, and feminine leadership in this context mm. you know like how uh Alicent was the one showing restraint over at the greens and Rhaenys and Rhaenyra are the more sort of strategic political statesmanly mm you know, leaders in this context and how the, how the men are quite quick to act. So just again, just showing and contrasting different models of leadership. I thought that was really good, mm. but also useful because you need both. You, yeah. you need both and uh, at its best, the, the two work together and complement each other, mm. which is to be strategic and restrained, but also, you know, rallying the troops and knowing your resources and having a clear path forward. And that's why in season two... Damon and Rhaenyra have a really powerful shot at, at being an amazing leadership force together, like yeah. coordinated. Yeah. She the executive, so he the executive, she the, uh, you know, decision-making, you know, the, 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 strat the strategic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you could tell his tone kind of changed when he was talking to her as, you know, your grace and, and speaking to her like he was her servant and, yeah. and the commander of the, the army. She is. Um, but then it was very, really, really interesting about the boundaries changing, you know, when he choked her. And um, so it was, it was like quite... A, that was a lot of the projection. Pendulum, pendulum swung a lot for Damon over the course of the episode. Obviously, emotions were running high, but that was truly shocking. Um, but that's why it's even more impressive because Rhaenyra's gotten through so much trauma, like at this point, like just on this day, just on this like day, her dad was... died, her, her child came out of her in, in, you know, dead and she has Throw to, usurped. yeah, 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 yeah. She's, she's been usurped. Um, her husband choked her and, <laughs> and her, and then now her son died, yeah. like her other son died. On, she sent him. Yeah, yeah, on, on a quest that she sent. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's almost like, you know, we, the, the shot that we see of her at the end, which is she's reached a certain point now and she's going to do some stuff after yeah. afterwards. And, and that's going to be pretty understandable given the day that she's having right now. I actually think, and this is from the earliest episodes of House of the Dragon, is we see that, yes, Rhaenyra is her father's daughter, Yeah. you know, there's some shared qualities there, but she's the one who even, even I can't even remember, maybe episode two or three, you were like, she will make a better queen. Yeah. 
you were saying this. And what she has that her father didn't have is the part that has had enough. Yeah. Right? And she has had enough. Yeah. You know, the the hubris of it all. And and it's just, and it's also very interesting. It's just like, um, before the boys go, you know, she's, she's telling the boys like, being Targaryens makes us closer to gods mm-hmm. than we are to mm-hmm. men, right? Because of the dragons. But it's almost like you actually don't control the dragons. We don't. Know? Like the dragons are apex predators. Like like they are very much in control. Mm. Like they have a bond, they have a kinship with you, but they're not your servants you know you don't you don't they have a will of their own they have a life of their own and the hubris of men is also something that was really important in this episode yeah the thinking that they are in control Mm -hmm. and this is why Viserys avoided them at all costs and Rhaenyra showed that restraint but it's all about where it comes from and Daemon didn't Aemond didn't have that restraint Mm. and he let that vengeance get to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that mission of sending the boys out yeah. on Dragonback, like more convincing, sure, it had some on paper merit, mm-hmm. but you have to think about who's moved first and who would feasibly have gone straight to, especially those who swore fealty. Yeah. Uh, and it's absolutely would have been one of Otto's first orders is send you know, Aemond mm. on Vega to Baratheon, stop them, you know, from reaffirming their loyalty. And yeah. to to Baratheon's credit, like he was a bit skeezy mm-hmm. with, with, you know, calling him pup and stuff, but he didn't call him strong and he, he wouldn't abide by the, the bloodshed. But um, yeah. I, I, by the way, I'm still in shock from that last scene. I think yeah. it's actually clouding my ability to... To, at this, to talk, to talk the rest of it, it, it was so shocking, and I mean that's the start of it, isn't it? You know? Yeah, and also it's just like just the absolute risks and grief and trauma of being a, a mother, you know, and um, just on multiple fronts, like just yeah, like the immense loss that she experiences yeah. as as a mother and a child in this episode. It's it's profound. It's truly profound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and, and, you know, as a finale, like, you know, there was like no big war scene or anything, fight scene or anything like that. So yeah. it was a bit more uh, nuanced and kind of restrained in terms of the choreography that we usually see mm. uh, in terms of action scenes or whatever. See you in 2024. Yeah, but, but I just, I, I thought... I, I just thought it was really beautifully done because it focused more on the characters. Yeah, the opening with Damon and Rhaenyra learning about Viserys' passing was very, very powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so too, yeah. And, you know, I, I also feel like that there was some amazing, again, like cinematography and like that dining table. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I just want to comment on the visuals as well. <laughs> there was some like immense you know achievements by the the production team yeah um on the quality of of this show and throughout the season but yeah some really really beautiful cinematography with the dragons and how quickly the weather turned as well you know, exactly that, that sort of final 
showdown in this incredible storm. I think the and, seven were crying. Yeah, and, and you know, you so, sort of have this moment of hope perhaps, like, oh, he's transcended the storm and he's, he's in the sunlight and there's this sort of split second of clarity, you know, only only to, to be met by that sort of vicious and gruesome death. So, yeah. Um, and also like the lost innocence of children, you know, yeah. like uh, that's a, that's a, I think that's a really like, you know, with the fight club from last episode and uh, children sort of fighting their parents' battles, right? Like there's a, yeah, there's a deep tragedy to the yeah. way that children pay the price in the, in this, in this show. Very much so. Um, I thought about something that my uh, future guest on the show, David Leitenbringer, brought up with who brought what to what and in that fight he sure he she had a swagger and yes it is so insensitive to claim the deceased's dragon like it was the day of uh uh lena's you know death <laughs> the, the funeral rather claims the dragon and swaggers in there yeah i've claimed your mother's dragon on the yeah. day of her funeral it's actually Jace. It's the guy who just got chomped that took out the knife. Eamond yeah. um, was just swagger. He was just being a dick. Mm -hmm. No weapons were brought. And even when there was fighting and, and dust throwing, all that Eamond um, went for was a rock. Yeah. And, he, and he never struck. He just held it up. Jace went right up and cut his eye out. Mm -hmm. the, so I think, remember, there was a moment before you were like, what's happening? And I said... I don't know if I said it, but uh, Rhaenyra was, was um, having the miscarriage mm -hmm. and her, her dragon was feeling her pain yeah. because they're connected. A, a dragon feels its master's pain. Yeah. And when Vega, you know, was claimed, mm -hmm. she may have still been out of the, on the beach or something like, oh, really? Okay, cool. Oh, and then falls back asleep. But as soon, right, as Vega, sorry, as soon as uh, Aemond, Aemond had his eye cut out, Vega felt that. But he hadn't been claimed then. No, no, no. She, this is after. That's why, because you swaggered in, he's like, I've claimed your dragon. That's, and that's it. The bond was made, right? Mm. He goes in, then he loses his eye. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So Vega said, hold on a minute. Is this the guy? This is the guy that cut out your eye? I don't, I don't care right now. You might be asking me to turn left, right, up and down. I'm going to chomp this dragon in half because she, and then, but you know, Eamon was like, no, 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 no. I don't want you to do that. But I remember fiercely loyal. I told you about horses, hounds as well. And they, they just, they won't stand for it. They don't have the nuance of human negotiation. Yeah. And there's, there is some, um, that's why have they often gain totemic meaning because Vega cut through and said, this is what you really want. You know, you right. want me to kill him because he took your eye. Right, yeah. Deep down on some level, sure, restraint and civility and courtly, everything's holding you back. Because yeah. now you, you wanted to avoid this, yeah. but I'm speaking to your animal injustice. And, right. and that came out in the courtroom, like you took my eye. So Vega is like almost the translator. Know, but, yeah. but also don't I mean, it's wrong. that Eamon started it. Oh, <laughs> by, by claiming the dragon. <laughs> and also like coming in and routinely bullying the boys about their yeah. parentage. And, you know, like... Jace gave Eamon uh, uh, the pink dread. The, 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 the pig. Right? So 
Eamon was getting bullied a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like, again, it, it... it, this has been going on for a long, exactly. long time. You said it. It's like, and then we just didn't keep track of what, you know, tabs were not kept. Yeah, because because it's not like that. That's what I mean. Like they're not fighting their yeah. own battles. Each of them are carrying the baggage of their parents. Playing with their parents' guns. You know, it's just like it's. They don't actually have a grudge against each other. Mm. They're only mirroring the conflict that their parents have against each other. Perfectly expressed. You know? So, yeah. I mean, I also wanted to talk about some other scenes, which is... Oh, yeah, uh, go ahead. The scene where everybody bends the knee to Rhaenyra, especially, you know, with Damon leading the charge. Yeah. There's a deep, like, a tenderness in that scene. I thought that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sort of, like you said, it anchored her and it brought some strength uh, and to structure. Yeah, yeah, to, to wear Viserys' crown. I thought that was a very poignant and tender moment. Also, the moment where Lord Corliss you know let her know that he supports her you can again feel that sort of strength um and you can see her sort of just you know like sort of shake shake her feathers off and go you know i have the valerian support and i've got rainice my family you know i'll patrol and then she goes she looks over her shoulders like oh my my auntie or great grandma or whatever no, auntie. The, auntie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep track. So grandsire, grand, grandmother and all that, yeah. yeah. No, grandsire is... Is, is Corliss. Yeah, yeah. To, no, to, grandsire is just grandfather. Grandfather, yeah. But I don't know why, but um, there was other characters that were naming... Uh, uh, that referred to... Your, your, your queen mother or something uh, calls you or something. And I was just a little bit confused about who was whose grandmother and, and grandaunt. Okay, well, but yeah, well yeah. Rainice is her of course, cousin. Of course, of so course. Yeah, like temporarily confused. But, um, but yeah, no, I think Corliss, uh, especially when he said that he was thinking of let's just stay out of it do you remember that he's like i've i've gone on my quests i've i escaped with my life and who jumps in to say no 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 you're sure they're not born by you clearly you know Mm. they're very clearly not your direct bloodline descendants but in terms of the name like there is a claim what did you think of of as soon as because that's something that rainies said uh was a deficiency of his and he had just finished admitting like it is a deficiency of us that we heedlessly pursue ambition as soon as he lays it down though listening her to her for the first time she's like no i I think you should (laughs) what do you think well yeah no i i think that was i think what i appreciate about rainies is that she's again an amazing leader she i think you know viserys is the worst thing that ever happened to him was that he became king i think he just wanted to be like a scholar and a researcher and Rhaenys would have been a phenomenal queen, as we see. Like, she's incredibly yeah. badass. So, so measured. Uh, yeah, she's, she's absolutely amazing. Um, Damon choking Rhaenyra. Yeah, that was really... Feckless war. Yeah, yeah, really, really... I didn't enjoy that at all. So, yeah. um, And you can see, like, even though he's, like, so loyal to her and loves her so much... Um, there's also like some yeah. bigger demons at play, right? Yeah, I watched which, my brother die, which is the trauma of of that relationship with his brother, you know. So, so yeah, but but you know, I I, I still think again those moments where he does support her is really tender. But there's also a sense of vain glory and him him just being kind of war hungry. He I think he misses war yeah. as well, and he wants to be on a battlefield. 
Yeah, he he's always reaching for Dark Sister. Yeah. Anytime he enters or leaves a room, he's he's perched on Dark Sister. Definitely. Mm. Um, I really love the Vimithor lullaby scene. Yeah. I just think I just think in terms of cinema, it's just so striking. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, again, it's a bit curious because remember how Viserys said earlier on in the season that like we don't control the dragons, right? We actually like the idea that we control the dragons is an illusion. Yeah, and uh, it just reminds me, you know, of that meme on the internet, which is the more you fuck around, the more you, you find, find out. out. Thank you, and everybody. Everybody who's fucking around from from Eamon to Damon to Alison to Otto, everybody's going to find out. Yeah. Given how much they've been fucking around. So much fucking around. And you (laughs) you also made me think of that uh, standoff round two uh, at Dragonstone with Otto, Mm. you know, basically, you know, trying to dress down Rhaenyra for all of this. You know, he has by every single legitimacy, he is king, he is king. And it actually evokes that Tywin line of like the amount of times you say that you're you insist that you're king is directly proportionate to how not how much you're not king. Yeah. And he's like, look at all these signs. He's been anointed by the seven. It's like, do you think that's what makes a king? Yeah, I know. But I mean, I did enjoy Damon singing in High Valerian. That was pretty fun. Really cool. (laughs) Uh, So I take it you're looking at some memes. Maybe for the first time on this, we'll be in off season from here on for the next year. But share with us some of these amazing tweets that uh, you've been. uh, Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Anything? It's just there's just like a couple of memes of. Damon being told he can't like start a war and how yeah. upset he was. looking sad on the on the on beach. The beach that's know? that's a that's a well known one. It's yeah. a great meme. Yeah. yeah. And what else have we got here? And, you know, Eamon now knows that Damon is going to like really come kick his ass in in. <laughs> I'm in, in danger. You know. Yeah. yeah. And the... you know, and Damon is like waking up the second largest oh, dragon of ever, all time of all time yeah. or some some crap oh yeah like that. i'm not sure uh in terms of size i'll have to chime in with some of the people who keep track of these things mm-hmm. um i loved all of damon's battle commands like yeah. you know recruit the dragon keepers you know let's check on the clutches mm-hmm. it's 14 to 3 well now 13 to 3 yeah um oh man yeah 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 so it's just yeah, I, I, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I'm very excited about season two. Me too. It's, it wasn't like a typical Game of Thrones finale in that, you know, there's a bit more action and hoopla and all that. I feel like gutted. I, I thought like there was a scene that was about to come, which we didn't get. Yeah. But I mean, we all know that there's many more seasons coming. So yeah. I'm very happy that... Uh, Damon wasn't just like horrible, you know. He's he's still the internet's boyfriend. Which he is, is. <laughs> which is mystifying, apparently. That they said, yeah. Uh, um, God. George Arman has said, I think it will take at least four or five seasons for this to be told fully. Right. And guess what they're saying this time around? They're like, yes, George. Yeah. Yes, of course. No, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No worries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, I think they're filming later, maybe end of this year, early next year. Yeah. And it'll definitely be a 2024, mm. you know, kind of deal. Yeah. Um, and now your season review. What did you think in terms of a season? You know, you gave your thoughts on Lord of the Rings about how it was backloaded, you know, yeah. which is uh, season one episode. Overall, the last the season, one was yeah. this. I mean, I know that these two shows are constantly being pitted against yeah. each other. It's just, you know, but I point feel of like, uh, yeah, no, I no mean, comparison. you know, yeah, and also it's just like 
people working on both shows are artists yeah, and you know amazing. artists constantly have that dance between taking on board what other people are saying and how it's being received versus their own creative instincts i feel like the way house of the dragon the story of house of the dragon was told was incredibly compelling yeah um it was some of the best television i've scene mm-hmm. uh really some scenes were, were, were you know there was some stuff you know with editing and, and scripts and things like that which i would um yeah uh you know have some feedback about but in terms of like you know really bringing something new to television telling a very gritty story um matt smith playing one of the greatest anti-heroes Ever. you know it's his uh, it's his career topper so far uh, to the, the the way he portrays damon's complexity is astounding yeah. like absolutely astounding um i always enjoy a, a good anti-hero and i i just i perfectly yeah, cast i absolutely perfectly cast you yeah. know just sort of like this like rogue prince, you know, with with a heart of gold and and like time. so so yeah. loyal. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. So, uh, yeah, I'm really really looking forward to to season two. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this uh, first, you know, I guess season review for House of the Dragon. In the off season, it'll be might be myself and uh, a couple of the um, folks in the community. David definitely. First of all, we talked about it earlier him jumping on, discussing his off-season plans. Uh, topic Podcast Network, uh, you can see visit. Um, yes, come subscribe to all of the things. Thank you very much, Ray. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, all the podcasts are amazing. There are some really, really great guests from some of the most important shows and films that are being made at the moment. So really exciting time. Thank you so much. And who did we recently have on the Lord of the Rings podcast? We had the very wonderful Rachel Payne. Yes. And we had Bridie. That's right. Who did she play? <laughs> the dweller herself, you know, yes. just an incredibly compelling, majestic, frightening, terrifying, sublime, <laughs> beautiful performance. There you like, go. and uh, achieved so much with so few words and uh, just showing the power of great micro acting and. Just yeah, just the just the power of of a really really amazing artist. So there you go. Yes, tune into that one. That and one, that one's brilliant. This is to put this out into the cosmos. Um, Ewan, who portrays uh, Aemond, <gasps> we're, we're coming for you. Oh my gosh! We need to talk. That would be such an honor. Yeah. Oh, it will be. Because he's also one of the internet's boyfriends. He is. It's the two. <laughs> it's that's it. It's seriously it. The so. second born sons mm-hmm. of on on either side. You know, you've got. Um, Damon on one hand and Eamon on the other, it would be an absolute delight because he also is an extremely compelling actor. Mm -hmm. Um, He also can say so much by saying very, very little. Extremely charismatic and commanding artist. I I would love to speak to him. And again, I feel like he understands... Eamon's complexity in a way that Matt Smith understands Damon's, Damon's you know, yeah. many layers and stuff. So, yes, there we are. that would be a treat. That All would right. be an absolute pleasure. little teaser. Um, the, the, the performers of this show are world-class. Like, from, from the child actors to some of the newer actors to some of the, you know, veterans of mm. television and, and cinema that we've seen, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a pleasure oh. to, to see this unfold. Amazing. Couldn't have tied it off better myself. 
All right, everybody. Until next time. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Princess Rhaenys Targaryen. Thank you, Sir Lawrence. Episode 9 and 10 I've always considered sister episodes in that episode 9 is primarily Alicent's story and episode 10 is primarily Rhaenyra's story. Viserys is dead. Rhaenys brings the news and breaks it to Rhaenyra, who not only has to deal with the news that her father is dead, but to hear that Alicent has, in the same breath, usurped her throne from her. And it's really the same or very similar period of time, a similar inciting incident, which is the death of the king, and how these two very different characters tackle it. Just at the precipice of this moment where she might finally take her place in the thing that she has been trained to do all her life, it's taken from her seemingly without reason by her childhood friend. And I think that sends her into a chaotic spiral. And moreover, she's pregnant. The birth in 10 is a very different animal to the birth in 6. Rhaenyra has waited a lifetime for a letter, essentially, a letter that says, your father has passed, and so now it's you. And, I mean, it, that's, a, that's like a dominating prospect and expectation, and it finally comes, and she's in labor, and she's essentially, you know, house-ridden. And I think there's a deep sense of injustice. Um, the thing that she had always fought so hard against about being the kind of the mother, the fetid mother, is exactly where she finds herself at the point where the most important conversations of her life are happening. This is really the theme that Miguel wanted was war, the battlefield. And so she's at war with herself, with her own body. Whatever claim remains to me, you are now its heir. Naught is to be done but by my command. There's a lot of emotional complexity in terms of, you know, this war that's starting without her and it's tearing her apart, literally tearing her apart. It's a kind of, you know, the worst point in, the low point in Rhaenyra's trajectory turns into the high point as she cremates her unborn child and in a way become her father. Her people gather around her and her father's crown arrives in the hands of Sir Eric Cargill. And he kneels to her and Damon puts the crown on her head and calls her queen. At Rhaenyra's kind of lowest point of faith and belief, believing that no one is going to follow her because she's a queen and she's a woman, they kneel to her and call her queen. Queen Rhaenyra Targaryen, first of her name. Damon announces her for the first time and she meets her black councilman. I had a really nice chat actually with Greg Gaitanis, who's the director on turn, about the sort of surreality of that first encounter, um, of stepping into, you know, the shoes of a leader of this ruling queen. To what extent is one able to wear that crown and believe in one's a new role and take charge of a group of men who are now looking to you for leadership. What is our standing? We have 30 knights, 100 crossbow men, and 300 men at arms. Really, once war is coming, you see Damon preparing for war, and this is really where the domestic split in 10 is, is that, you know, Damon wants war and Rhaenyra wants to hold the realm together at whatever cost. That was what she was charged with. 
that power struggle is alive and well, all inside of a marriage. This episode is largely about you know Matt and Emma and their and their performances and bringing Damon and Rhaenyra to life. The crux of this argument here is the different way in which Damon sees the world from other people in his family, and Rhaenyra is very much her father's daughter. She has a bit of the punk rock of Damon Targaryen, but the way she approaches her duty as sovereign, I think, is much more in line with Viserys. Are you not angry? Well, I should declare war because I'm angry. No, because it's your duty as queen to crush rebellion. She makes the point that I don't want to rule over ash and bone. I don't think Damon wants to put the whole round to the torch either, but I think he's willing to suffer a, a good bit of bloodshed to see the Hightower's um, line probably ended and them removed from power. I had no other place to turn. I'd lost everything. We lost callers. We. When he wakes up in Dragonstone, he's surprised because he's alive. And then, of course, the woman he loves is there next to him, and he's like, I can't believe I put you through all this nonsense. My stupid ambition, which my brother also had, and that's why he's dead, and that's why we've lost our children. Well, I'm done. You were right. It's taken me all of this time and all these deaths to realize it, but yeah, it's not that important. And then she surprises him. That girl destroys everything she touches. That girl is holding the realm together at present. Every man standing around the painted table urges her to plunge the realm into war. Rhaenyra is the only one who's demonstrated restraint. She treads a very ambiguous pathway about who actually she, whose team she's on. I think having suspected and hated Rhaenyra, she felt she had been responsible for her son's death. In the journey through episodes nine and 10, she actually starts to see her as a person. Her allegiance, her heart shifts so that by the end of episode 10, she steps in and she makes a decision to stand up and announce that she will go and get involved in the fight. I should take Maylise and patrol the gullet myself. If we're to have enough swords to surround King's Landing, we must first secure the support of Winterfell, the Eyrie, and Storm's End. I'll prepare the ravens, Your Grace. We should bear those mysteries. Dragons can fly faster than ravens, and they're more convincing. Send us. I think it's quite heartrending for Rhaenyra because she has to look at her boys and she has to start seeing them as men for the first time. Um, I think despite her, her questions about motherhood, what she discovers in having children is that she gets to build a tribe of her own and actually finds uh, a space where she feels free to be herself. And that, that's, yeah, that's in this family unit that she builds. And I think sending her sons away is the start of the end of that stability. When Luke shows up, he's surprised to find Vagar Park there in the courtyard, but he's been sent in peace, and he's he's trusting in the respect guest rights and and all that. All the things that we learned uh, go to hell uh, in the world of Game of Thrones. It's really a bullying sequence, a torture sequence, a chase sequence where Luke is trying to escape. No real hope of Arik's fighting Vagar and anything good happening at the end of that. But Luke relies on the speed of his dragon and the maneuverability to try to escape. And just when it seems like he has, Vagar is there waiting for him. No! 
I think what you're seeing in that moment there is the last vestiges of the little boy that's left in, in Amond, and maybe he was trying to scare Luke, but I don't I don't think ultimately he intended to to kill him. But now he's done it, and he has to decide whether or not he's going to own it in his travel back to King's Landing. Because obviously, if the usurping of, of the throne and, and them crowning Aegon in the dragon pit wasn't the start of the war, certainly killing one of the queen's sons is. I think anyone who who is, who is wronged like Aemond was and has his eye taken out, you, you're going to feel some sort of hatred, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, towards the person who did it. But what Aemond ends up doing in the skies above Storm's End ultimately starts the domino effect of the Dance of the Dragons. What I think is really affecting about it, within a series that, you know, there is there's a lot of loss, there's a lot of death, there is lots of pain of different sorts, and yet somehow I think this moves the goalposts for suffering. Once you've lost both your parents and you've lost a lover, maybe you think you know grief. And then I think what's so awful is that losing Luke tells her she knows nothing about grief and completely changes her outlook on the world going forward. <laughs> 